0: A Mitch and Jeremy exclusive. Are you ready? <laughs> on air. How you do? Online. You to have a good time? On your smart speaker and wherever you stream.
1: The Mitch Lafon and Jeremy White Show.
0: The Mitch Lafon and Jeremy White Show.
1: Available wherever you stream.
0: Catch up on past interviews and episodes. On demand now.
1: Subscribe so you don't miss any of it. There we go.
0: Yo, what's going on?
2: I got this. Dude, look at the axe. Okay, right off the bat. Look. <laughs> nice.
1: It has is to that be there for-
2: Is that the EVH gear the Stripe series or is that the $25,000 one?
1: Oh, I wish it was the $25,000 one. <laughs> I've actually played that one, but I have actually played the original Frankenstein.
2: You played the real one?
1: I played the real one.
2: Wow.
1: And that was like touching anything made by God.
2: So hold on, paint a picture for me. Where were you? How did that happen?
1: <laughs> my, uh, one of my best friends for for 30, whatever it is, 35 years, used to be the head of, uh, one of the bosses of Guitar Center in Hollywood. Okay. And, and a very, very, very close friend of, of all the of Van Halen guys. And he, Eddie gave him a bunch of guitars. If you ever been to the Guitar Center, you know they have a lot of, the drums and all of that, you know, because it's because of, of Dave Weidemann who was running that part. He actually invented the whole Rock Walk thing. So they had um, they had Eddie's original guitar in, in like this massive glass display with guards for like a month. <laughs> and of course I said, you know, looked at Dave and I said, you know, I need to anyway, I know, I know. Let me call the guard. So they opened it up and I got to play it and it was like, <sighs> they weren't you like. Know. Wait
2: till after hours. We'll pull uh, the velvet rope back and
1: you know. yeah, <laughs> It was. It's, it's a kind you of know thing, you know, walk. Walk through a guitar center with with armed guards because of a guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was there. And, and those armed
0: guards are there because of people like Jeremy.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, and and me.
2: Yeah. Oh. Right. Hey, if you're a fan, <laughs> I mean, obviously you're gonna want to. You're gonna just want to breathe the same air as the as the <laughs> instrument. You know.
1: Exactly. <laughs> try and get a little
2: yeah. bit of the aura to b- brush off on you.
1: <laughs> no absolutely i mean eddie's the god of god so when he sadly passed away i i just decided i i have to get one of these first of all it's a really cool guitar and it sounds really good to work with but i just had i need to see it every day it, it, it's a little small part it's, of it's the vibe. it gives
0: you the vibe you, you know? know that's right you have see, one right it, jeremy
1: it's
2: eddie yeah, exactly. No, I've got a bunch. Of, I didn't get the uh, the Frankenstein stripe series yet, but I've got. I've. Jeez, I got so many USA Wolfgangs. I just got an Ernie Ball Music Man signature,
0: and so I. I we got it have all. should set up a jam today. I mean, just YouTube, yeah. Got it.
1: That been <laughs> been. Yeah, I even I, I even have it two and a half step down. It just as so you should. Always there, yeah, because yeah. and it sounds really good. So, yeah, you're not
2: playing Cabo Wabo on that guitar. You're gonna play Panama. <laughs>
1: exactly you know and you do all the dive bombs and you're you're so proud of it every single one so yeah of course you got to do the big mouth open like wow
2: going down
1: you know talking about ed before we get into anything else i i got to meet him when i was 16 years old and i actually i spent six days with the band in stockholm in 1984 at the most so i a journalist friend of mine called me on, on the Sunday. They were playing the Saturday afterwards, and he says, nobody knows this, but Van Halen came into town today. I know the hotel they're staying at. I'm like, you know, fuck this. So I went in. Yeah. I go there, and there's Michael Anthony with his wife sitting um, with Kevin Dugan, who I think is today or yesterday had a birthday. Dude, and yeah. And Rudy at, at his guitar. They're sitting there having a beer. And they basically invited this little... 16 year old kid and i ended up spending you know six days with them hanging with eddie sitting in his hotel room with one of his guitars and like a little geek saying you know because he was playing had a small fender amp i said can you play Rupture for me and he went really i'm like <laughs> this, is, this is before internet i just wanted to see what the fingers looked like when you're playing something yeah, up
2: close oh. in person you know
1: it's it's like the coolest week ever, and so yeah, no, I'm serious Van Halen. <laughs>
2: what year was, was that? Great. Because that would have been cool. Eighty four the
1: eighty four. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so it was the real August Frankenstein that he was playing. Yeah. Exactly. So uh yeah. Did he have August, the Kramer
2: fifty one fifty with him yet or
1: it was the Kramer and, and um one of those the small batch that he really made and played? Uh, it's also at the Guitar Center in Hollywood. Yeah. That was the first one I played, and they even had the original Bumblebee there for a while, and I got to play that one. So it's like whenever you walk into the world of Van Halen, you know it's it's yeah it doesn't get cooler than
2: that yeah mitch the first time i went to guitar center in la was uh like four years ago and yeah they didn't have any of the cool stuff (laughs) no it was all gone by then they have one of the frankenstein replicas on display outside on 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 the strip you know where the where the rock walk is and everything but it's it's not the real one did
0: did they have like a limp biscuit turntable or something you could look at
2: (laughs) uh yeah i think they did (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> By the way, yeah. we haven't even started the interview, theoretically. Yeah. Listen, we're not uh, even Tommy... into the Mutt Lang stuff, and Jeremy's already well, had look, an orgasm. Let's
2: get Come right ready. into this.
0: Uh, Tommy Denander knows everybody.
2: Uh, <laughs> Radioactive, Triple X coming out on March 11th. You can pre-order it now wherever you get your music. Tons of great guest stars and co-writers and appearances on this record. It's phenomenal. You know, Looking back 30 years ago, the first one, you basically had... Toto as the backing band, I mean, Tommy, you know everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, the, the week <laughs> with Van Halen, talk about a dream for any kid. You're a diehard fan, you're 16 years old. I moved to L.A., 1987. The first people I got introduced to through mutual friends in the music business were all of the Toto guys. David Foster, Quincy Jones, Michael Lando, all of the session guys. My, Dan my Hoff was
2: hanging around, too.
1: Dan Huff was still there, all of these guys, Paul Jackson Jr., I mean all of them. I and I lived around the corner from the baked potatoes. So it was like one or two nights a week for five years. You're there you're there watching these people play in front of 30, 40 people. So I very quickly became friends with, with the Toto guys, especially Jeff and Mike Pocaro were extremely good friends of mine. So mm. we were hanging out all the time and they were doing a festival in Sweden in the summer of 91. Um, and it, it's it's one of those moments in life. After, the day after the show, we're sitting in the lobby of the hotel. It's me and my girlfriend at the time. And the whole band, the whole band told us, you sitting there dead quiet. I I get this thought in my head and I, I hear myself, I, I, I feel my mouth opening. And I hear myself saying it before I can stop myself. So I say... Guys, if I get a record deal, would you play on my album? And there's like five seconds of silence. And and I'm like, did I say it loud? And Jeff looks over at me and he goes, Yeah, of course we would. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> and I'm, I'm still going like, did I say it? And did he answer it? So he he stands up and he goes, Come on over. We go to reception. He gets a paper and pen again before internet. So he walks around the whole band and he says, Write down the best number for Tommy to reach you at. So everyone signs. I still have that paper. Um, So he hands me the paper and he says, get a deal, brother. We'll we'll play on your album. So 10 minutes later, I see a guy from Sony that I know. So I walk (laughs) up to him, 22 years old, going like, show him the paper and say, dude, if you sign me, they're going to play on my album. He goes, really? And I go, yeah. And he goes, "Okay." So he flies back to Stockholm with them and he asks him on the plane. Are you is, is, you're serious? And 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 Jeff and um I think it was Jeff and Luca that said, sign the guy will play on the album. So three, four days later I woke up to Sony to see him. There's a contract on the table. No music heard or anything. So a few months later, I'm in LA, 23 years old, sitting with Jeff and Mike Pakara, recording the out the tracks live, and and telling these guys, no, you're supposed to play this. No, it's too fat. I'm producing Toto with as my backing band, and then I went over to David Page as Steve Piccolo, did the keyboards. So yeah, I had Toto as my backing band when I was 23. I mean, it, it's like it doesn't get cooler. I got to work with Jeff. Oh, that's Look at that, he's like the
0: Swedish Michael Jackson. Look at that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't dance like that though.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I just want to fanboy for a second. He's got a, a deep purple. Uh, I, I can't see if it's gold or platinum. Is that because the light, the light's reflecting? And then yeah. right over there, he's got a Paul Stanley, which appears to be platinum.
2: Yeah. Yes, dang. exactly. He's got Alice platinum. Cooper right behind him, too.
0: Where? I don't see the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dang.
2: That's For more... me, it's the big-time Rush record, though. I was a big, big-time Rush fan. Nickelodeon growing up, you know? You know the song Famous? Yes, of course. That's me. Dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's too- you know what? That's a pretty cool show, though, for being one of those Nickelodeon TV shows. Yeah. And and I did that, and I did three seasons of Glee, which is like 10 billion streams or whatever. It's yeah, like it's ins- nuts. It's just crazy. But I, I got to do a lot of the cool stuff, like, you know, some meatloaf and a lot of this cool stuff that that worked out pretty good. But, yeah, yeah no, I, I work with the Purple on uh, uh, on – one song on that album and it's like four or five times gold or something like i think it's platinum in germany and alice cooper i did of course five six albums with and of course paul stanley and if i could go back to 75 76 and tell the little young me that this was gonna happen yeah it would be kind of (laughs) cool
2: yeah it's funny that's like us but we're doing the
1: interviews instead of playing on the records
0: (laughs) which is kind of cool too i mean interviews are cool i
1: mean you know, you know what? It's all part of the same legacy, all part of the same package yeah. of the history of, of music. I mean, it, it all ties in together. It all listen.
0: We're talking to Klaus Mine of the Scorpions ne- next week. Y- Monday, y- what are you getting?
1: You know. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Like, hey, that works. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm not writing a song, but I'm picking his brain. That works. I'm not saying
2: no, I'm giving absolutely. a little bit more cannonball snare.
0: It's, it's
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. No, but you you guys do great interviews. I watched Thank a lot you. of stuff. I saw the one you did with Michael Anthony a couple of days ago, and and, oh, and yeah. it, it was it was it was fantastic. Because it, first of all, you don't see him that that often being interviewed. Right. But yeah. I love as 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 a geek myself inside of the business. I love when somebody asks. The geeky stuff and smart questions, because, you know, that's when it becomes interesting. So, you know, yeah. Yeah.
0: well, I'm the smart question guy and he's the geeky question guy. That's that's yeah. sort of the way it works. But, <laughs> that's but before we, we uh, before we get into more of the album, um, were you at uh, Ikea with Mutt Lang recently?
1: Um, I don't know how <laughs> many people can say that they actually went to Ikea with Mutt Lang, but I did.
0: Wow. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on
2: a second. What? Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> You go shopping at IKEA with Mutt Lang? Yeah. yeah. What? Okay, hold on a second. I'm, I'm just trying to picture this. I can't see Mutt Lang sitting in IKEA having a cinnamon bun, like just chilling with a tea, like it's, it's,
0: Swedish it's, meatballs and a in a hot tea. Yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, it's no, crazy. He's all about all about the Swedish meatballs. No, actually, he's not. He's a vegetarian. Yeah, he's, a, he's a vegetarian. But, yeah, uh, yeah. No. Well, the tofu balls. <laughs> <he's very laughs> there funny. you go. No, he, he actually told me he's been vegetarian since before it was actually called that, so it's basically most of his life, which is very cool. Yeah. No, it, it, it's Mutt's been one of my best friends for for more than ten years now, and and we speak almost daily. Usually not about music, usually about all all kinds of stuff. But his yeah, his beautiful son um, that he has with Shania is also dear friend, and he is one of those amazingly talented kids. He was actually staying in Sweden for I think about six months, working with music here in town with, yeah, with a I lot saw, of rapists. I
2: saw Asia posted uh an Instagram story in Mutt Studio and I was like, Oh, Asia's in Mutt Studio. I wonder what he's cooking up like. And he's always posting oh, yeah. really cool like v- videos of like vintage synths and drum machines. And I'm like, I'm I, I reply to his story all the time. He never writes me back, but I'm always inquiring like, Oh, what are you working on? I wanna hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear
1: some of the Yeah. Shit. No, I'm i I've, I've i think i heard like one song that he worked on which was really cool it's i mean it's a million miles from what mutt has done but you know as it should be uh but the guy is really really talented so he was he rented an apartment here and and mutt called me up and said you know i'm gonna be in stockholm in in a day or two you know we should get together for dinner whatever i'm like beautiful great you know because he's he's always been coming back and forth here um so I um, so I'm like, so what are you doing? Are you doing some work, and I was like, no, I'm helping AJ set up the apartment, you know. And he goes, Do you know any place where we can maybe get some linens and pillows and stuff? I'm like, Yeah, IKEA, you know. Like, and he goes, Oh, of course. So I'm like, Well, I'll I'll come and pick you guys up, you know. And he goes, Great. So I just jump in That's my fancy. Volvo, course, and of go, course, of course, of Volvo. Yeah, I go to the hotel and and and. <laughs> picked them up and and we're driving to IKEA and I'm I'm like I mean we're friends so you you get past there's no you know yeah Star there's no Star weirdness riding. it's not like holy shit no. by the way are,
0: are you listening to ABBA in the car while you're driving I'm just is it the full <laughs> Swedish experience. We should have. Is, I know he's. A, he's a is it Dancing Queen? Because Dancing Queen would have been
1: perfect. Yeah. That well, been. I have a video of him <laughs> to me dancing. To, no, I don't have. No, um <laughs> I probably put the rock radio station on in hopes of something that he produced would come on, but I don't think it did. So, no. so, uh, but we. I mean, it's it's bad it's,
0: programming it's, right there.
1: You know what we did? I think we actually talked about soccer. Because AJ is an enormous fan of soccer, so the mm. the last time before that that I that I met them was when they were in Stockholm for two days because there was some big, some big soccer game with some Spanish team and this and that and and we went we all went together. So so basically we get to IKEA and I'm like, okay, so I guess we're gonna do the whole thing, but but it's like Aja goes, you know, you guys don't need to do this. I'll go in and fix it. So basically, me and Mutt were hanging out for like an hour at in the parking lot just talking about <laughs> IKEA and Sweden and stuff. And I and, and and the funny thing is I get I get a text from my girlfriend who's on her way to work sitting on the bus with her feet up on the next seat. So I, I say I show it to Mutt and I said, you know what, let's let's get her back. So I take a picture of me and Mutt with the IKEA sign and I text that <laughs> back to, to her. Can we and, and, can, can and we see I'm it? Okay.
2: Oh yeah you win. You gotta send us that photo. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh.
0: Now, does Mutt get home and you know get the Allen key out and start assembling the the and Fugan whatever they're called yeah, or thing? Does things? he have minions, minions to do it?
1: Well, no. I mean, if, if Mutt actually did IKEA stuff, it would be perfect. perfect. <laughs> of course, <laughs> nobody would ever assemble IKEA stuff better than Mutt. Or that? he
2: wouldn't follow the instructions and make something completely new and revolutionary with it.
1: He would call them up and say, you did it wrong. This is how you're supposed to do it. That's yeah. what he would
2: do. Your lingonberry yeah. sauce? Oh, it could be so much better, Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> but talk about no, Mutt a little bit. I mean, you know, you got him on this record. Uh, it's coming up on uh, March 11th. You can pre-order it now. Radioactive, triple X or 30. Uh, 30 so yeah. Mutt's on this. You co-write with him. You got him singing some backing vocals. How does that conversation happen? Is it awkward to go to your friend Mutt Lang and say, hey, listen, I'm working on a record. Would it be cool if... You know, maybe you contributed a song.
1: No, I told him I have pictures of you at Ikea. So you you better fucking show up. That's what I said. <laughs> Blackmail. There you go. Blackmail. Of course. No, no. The cool thing is, and, and I have no good answer for this. We we instantly became friends in, in like five minutes. He came to the big studio I was working in in Stockholm um, about 10, 11 years ago. He was working on, um, on an album with a guy who was sitting in the room next to me. That i was doing a lot of work with and he which studio swam. was it in
2: sweden was it a uh, max martin studio? was it the Chiron studios or
1: no it was it's actually the old emi abbey road studio it's still here oh, it's wow. the oldest and the biggest studio in sweden where amazing list of legends have recorded including beatles and lady gaga and beyonce and whatever you know all of these people have recorded there it's a huge place 14 yeah. studios. so i was part of running the place and of course, having been a diehard fan of, of Mutt since the since A C D C probably. Um, so 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 the guy next door is Tony. He, he says, you know, well, you know, I'm working with you know with my old hero Mutt Lang. And I go, What? <laughs> you know, like, you kidding? And and he goes, Yeah, so Mutt's gonna come here in a couple of days, you know, he'll be here for a couple of weeks because we're working on this album. I'm like. Oh, you're so, you're so going to bring him over so I can meet him. You know, like, you know, just meeting would be like, wow. So, and of course he did. And Mutt's like the nicest guy down to earth, so sweet and everything. And, and I show him my, my signature guitar that has the the Evertune bridge and the true temperament frets. And, and he freaks out. I showed him, there's a guitar that never goes out of tune and is perfectly intonated. He goes, I I need to buy one of those so you know so that's how we started the first conversation they go to work I ran ran into them at lunch we start talking about something not music related but we instantly hit it off and it was just one of those like extremely good friendships instantly it just happened organically there was no yeah it was like I mean you, you know I never walk into any situation with people like that and think I'm gonna be his new best friend in that you right. know you yeah, know
2: listen it's got to happen organically or else it's just it's built off pretenses of uh you know wanting to advance yourself or get something out of it and right. it's
0: But well, that said next time he's working with you we're gonna come over and yes. he'll introduce yeah. us that,
1: that Of course yeah, uh, yeah. we'll be yeah. The set. we'll and hang we in the, the session we'll sit in the we'll,
0: we'll hang in Malmo and yeah, well, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> no, the thing is, the thing with Mutt is he's extremely social. People, there's all of these beautiful myths about him, like, you know, and, and most of them are in a way true, but when you do get to know him, it's not really what you think, but it goes f- about most things about him. Um,
0: he's private. It, yeah, he's so right.
2: what? He's, but he's not an evil scientist at the same time. It's like...
1: right. He's he's not evil at all, but he's truly a scientist, and he's the maybe the only person I would use the word genius in in, in, in the true sense. Yeah. And also, he's he's not like any human you will ever meet. I mean, even Aja said to me at one time, like, if dad came to me and said, son, I need to tell you I'm an alien, I would say, I know that. Like, you know, it wouldn't surprise Aja <laughs> if he said it would be... Because he isn't like anybody else, which is so cool about him, but mm. he's one of the most brilliant persons I've known in my life in, in so many ways. And we usually, when we're on the phone, we're on the phone for an hour or two about usually everything, anything except music, because we talk about everything else. So. Sports, politics, done, like everything. Yeah. A lot of, lot of, I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, I wrote all the lyrics on, on my new album, except for, the next single, "Move It," which Mutt wrote, and some the songs I co-wrote with him, mm-hmm. and the other song that I co-wrote with him, he he wrote the lyrics for those. But the rest of them, like the first single, "The Monkey on Our Backs," mm-hmm. I talk about how the global situation is. That all comes from what we normally talk about, like how the yeah, right the deep states well, and the evil world machines and all of this crap. that well, you listen
2: now. to lyrics on, like, "I Have a Dream," and it's very got that kind of vibe to it, you know.
1: No, Social is, commentary. Yeah, oh, and yeah. actually, that song started ten years ago with, with Eric Grenwald from the band Heat. Yeah, now, love Eric. I mean, yeah, nominated made, for a Grammy. Exactly, and and fantastic singer. We actually wrote it about ten years ago. It almost made it to an Heat album. It almost made it to various albums. And and when I was working on this album, I was going through a lot of old demos. I went, I gotta do this one. So. I sent it at some point to Mutt to get some feedback on it, and he said ooh, he liked the, the song. Just, and here's the cool thing about Mutt: this is how we work. This is this is how it works with him and me. He he has an enormous respect for what I do. He really likes my music. Otherwise, he wouldn't touch it because basically yeah. he's retired. Everyone yeah. on the planet wants to work with him. He goes no, you know. But but he likes what I do, and we have this friendship. So he said, "Well, send me the files." And and I was like, cool. That means he wants to work on it. And a few days later, I get it back, and he goes, "I changed some of the melodies and some of the lyrics." And I was thinking about Martin Luther King, so you know, the I have a dream thing. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. So that's why he did it with that twist. So it's like half of it is is the old stuff from from Eric, and he worked his stuff into it. But on Move It, I gave him the track, and he came up with the whole song and. It's a funny song, move it because I call it the Seinfeld song. It's a song about nothing. It, right. it, 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 it's a song about nothing. It's like you move to the left, you move to right, you move to the middle, pedal to the. Front. It's like it's like, it's like it's about nothing.
0: You put your right foot in, you yeah. put your left foot in. It's, like, you, it's it almost is. like you had.
2: It's almost like you had only had an A string, and it's like all right, let's come up with a song,
0: <laughs> move it. But Robin McCauley singing on it, Batman is a master. Yeah, come on
1: fantastic singer i mean sweetheart as a person and and by far one of the greatest rock singers out there his voice is as good as ever and it was really cool to get him into that world of mutt because mutt's doing the backing vocals and he actually had the backing vocals to sing to and actually had mutt i have that whole song movie i have the whole recording with mutt singing the whole song lead vocals and everything
2: oh wow we We gotta get a copy of that
1: send 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 that over over.
2: off the record later (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah no exactly off the record i'll play it over, over the over the phone uh, it, now yeah, all the fans yeah. listen
2: they're like what they're getting this cool shit yeah because <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. our lives are dope and we do dope shit mitch
0: right but kind of like how lover boy uh, and mutt lang did uh, loving every minute of it over the phone
1: yeah oh, yeah, it. yeah. yeah. but i mean it, it's i've told mutt probably 20 times that it's the biggest crime in music history is the fact that the world will never hear him sing lead because yeah. he is by far the greatest rock vocalist I've heard in my life. When you hear him sing, even like Robin emailed me back and said, I'm, I'll do my very best to try to live up to that demo yeah. vocal. It's just, there's just a voice that, it's like you put Joe Elliott and Brian Adams, a lot of these people into one, his timing, his, his sound, and and you know Ole who who uh, who I mixed it with, who mixed the album uh, who's been Mutt's partner for like 30 years i i asked him like you know when you record Mutt how do you get that sound and he goes it, it, it's it's just the way Mutt sounds there yes. there's so much in in his voice like when when you do that many takes it just becomes that sound that's why it's basically impossible to copy it unless you were born with that kind of voice. So yeah, it's a uniqueness to him, but there's a uniqueness to everything about him, the way he...
2: But it's really interesting to hear how versatile his voice is too, because you listen to some, you know, like I'm I'm a huge Shania fan, obviously, and it's like I listen to those records more than any other records, even more than the Van Halen albums, and same Same thing with Def Leppard. You know, you listen to the Hysteria. I mean, like the Up album for me is so criminally underrated, and the fact that the production and the songwriting that they did... But you listen to how he's sing a backing vocal on like any man of mine with the very, you know, her any man of mine, like very country. But then you hear him, you know, doing the the haze on Honey, I'm Home, like, hey, like it's so completely different. And it's so cool to hear how he can manipulate his voice to sound basically any way he wants. So I, it'd be really interesting to hear his lead vocal tone combined with his backing vocal sound, because I'm sure there's a distinct difference between the two
1: it is and and actually when you listen to move it there's all there's all of the backing vocals are basically mutt and there are a couple of short answers in it where you you truly hear the sound of what mutt sounds like so when you yeah. hear the single there there are a couple of parts where you, where you clearly hear that sound but i have demos of him where he's doing a pop song and it's completely different. And again, Up is one of my Desert Island albums. It's one of the greatest albums ever made. And yes. you, you listen to like... It's to perfect. Wait. It's absolutely perfect. It is absolutely perfect. And you go with the, the, the waiter backing vocal, which is yep. like out bring of this world.
2: But you know what? That's a great example of Mutt's backing vocals right there. You know, listen to the chorus. Waiter, bring me water. But then you got the high-five. Waiter. Me water. like it's the way that they blend together it's so interesting to even like the um in the verse parts where he goes like you know what's up and like all these parts it's so cool to be like it's one guy doing all of it
1: no and it, it's first of all the range of his vocals the pitch the the vibe everything and, and the sound of it but he even changes his accent sometimes he's getting an English accent and there's like it's is like an actor. And and when I met him 10 years ago, he was here to do an album for an American girl, Rochelle Rach- uh, Royale, three singles. Oh, yeah. I have me. all
2: that stuff. It's great. It's a shame it never got out.
1: Yeah. And I do all the guitars on all of those songs. Oh. So that that was the first album I ever did. And I actually got to do all of those songs by myself. And Mutt was like, eh, it's not how I work. And Tony said, you know, I usually work with Tom in. I give him a song and he goes, "Oh, we'll, we'll try." So I did a song and he went, "Hmm. I did another song and he went, and and he told me he says, "It's the first album I've done where I've actually let the musician do the work himself and I'm okay with it." And, like it it's got my approval." Oh, I'm my like, God. "You're
0: breaking my Def Leppard fantasies." Come on. Oh.
1: Yeah, but I mean that, <sighs> that's like the highest praise ever, you know. Right. So, yeah, it yeah. Was he's letting like, you do it. Right. Yeah. But there's actually new life to that album that I can't talk about. But it's it's a new twist, and it's something's gonna happen with that album. So yeah, it's gonna come out in a way, anyways, which is cool. Ten years later, so.
2: I love that Def Leppard breakdown in the middle of "Are You Chicken" with the it's so good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's an amazing album, and I and as the Def Leppard Shania Twain. It's one of my favorite albums he ever did because it's it's like Def Leppard and I doing an album together.
2: Yeah, essentially. I'm not a fan yeah. of her like weird Nicki Minaj wannabe rapping though. Like she should have just stuck to the singing.
1: <laughs> yeah, which but there's another one doing the album now. That's oh. the twist to it. So it, there's gonna be something down the line with that great album. Finally, I'm actually redoing most of the guitars. We're updating the album. Tony's is working on Bolt. So. Something's gonna happen with it, and it's gonna be really cool.
2: Uh, I gotta come down uh, to Sweden and hang out for a week and check out some of these sessions. That's yeah, so cool. <laughs> Man. No,
1: but I mean, it's it's the biggest privilege of my whole life. Is is I mean, any great friend you have is 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 a treat to your life, and having a friend like Mud, yeah. no matter the history of his, because I, I I don't I don't care about fame and all that. It's like when when we talk. It's just a buddy. It's one of my dear friends. He's always the first one to send me Merry Christmas or Happy New Year and all of these. It's always the first guy that I get a text from or I beat him to it. But he's just an enormous friend. And he never said, I'll be your mentor. And I'll say, please be my mentor. But after about eight, nine years, it hit me that the sneaky motherfucker has been my mentor. But he did it in the way that only he can do because he... He's the kind of guy who tells you, you know, or you can do it like this. You know, maybe, maybe I don't like that. Or he changes something. Yeah. And he doesn't say why. And, and, and you have to stop and you go, wait a minute. There's no way Mutt Lang took a, that course and changed it without a reason. And you, and you have to figure it out yourself. But once you start doing that, he goes, he goes okay, cool. So he'll hand you another one. He just gives you these little seeds that you have to go and find and plant your own way. So you become part of his system after 10 years without being a copy of him. But when you finally do figure it out, it's like, wow. And yeah. I wish I I wish there will be a way for me to describe the ways that he works and the way that he's changed the way that I look at music. First of all, he doesn't look at a song as here are the chords and the melody. He looks at it as where are the frequencies and the energy, which is a completely different way of looking at it. Because if you start with an energy, you're supposed to go somewhere. It doesn't always have to go up in this bed, but you're, you're, you're at a state of energy based on frequencies and stuff. And from that you can work on the energy in different directions. And the next time that same part comes in, it's not supposed to be the same energy. So how do you change the energy to keep it in? And there's like this, this whole thing. And, and he doesn't explain it to you, but we've written more than 40 songs for for various projects. Some of it's coming out later. Mitch knows about some stuff that's going to come. Um and when you work that close on songs and you send him something that you're really happy with and he changes it and yeah. you know, it's for a reason there's like, why did he go to that? No, mm-hmm. wait a minute. It's like, you are starting to connect the dots. It's taken years to learn it, but mm-hmm. I, I can't work and write the same way anymore. Thanks to him. Thanks. So yeah. it, it's like, I have, the, I have, the, and I, and I've told him, I've told him, in in a in a couple of really long emails, how profound and, and enormously cool this is for the work that I do, and and he takes it really well because he it's like, cool son, you're you're getting it like you know, yeah. so it's never an, an outspoken. I'm your mentor. This is how you do it. Yeah.
0: It's funny, yeah. you know. Uh, Jeremy and I got to hear some of these demos, and we heard the before mutt influence and after mutt touched it. And before you go on, oh, those are good songs, Mitch. Remember and then afterwards you go, I, oh, I, I that's that's <laughs> a hit.
2: Mitch, remember yeah. my remember yeah. his reaction when I when I said it? I was like, oh, is that Mont Lang? Yeah, and he was. His face was like, how do you
0: how do you know that? Because I, like, oh, like, I got a, a, a secret producer working on this, and you just went. He was all cold uh, That's Mont Lang, and you go. He goes, how do you know? He goes, well, first of all, he does this here and that there, and this production value there, yeah. and he was like. All right, but don't tell anybody.
2: I was like, I can also hear that. The, I can also hear the frequencies dipped on the guitar for the vocal to pop through on that great right <laughs> like no,
1: deal. it, it is—it's that kind of thing. But it's—it's it, it's been because the guy involved has played it for some really cool people, and more than once, even by some pretty big names, he's got that weird look going. How the f did you get Matt Langable Like they know without knowing it because it's there's a thing that happens. Yeah. That nobody can understand what it is but it it's just there when he's doing it. And I sort of understand and when I when I figured it out I've asked him a few times and his beautiful response has always been yeah. <laughs> like you know, you know <laughs> that, that yeah, basically because it's the same thing as why is Adele the biggest artist on the planet? Mm-hmm. Like I I say it with love. Like she's She's uh, you know formerly a, a overweight housewife from England. yeah like why, why does she sell 25 million when nobody's? and it's the same secret ingredients as what mutt has. There's a certain way of working with frequencies, tuning songs and 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 the, she's got it in her voice like there's yoga frequencies, there's five twenty eight which is a love frequency. There's stuff like this. And and basically it comes down to when you can write a song based on all of the right ingredients, it makes, Max Martin understands this. This is why there are songs when you hear it once, you want to hear it till the end, but you need to hear it again. And you want to hear it again and you want to hear it again. So when you have this effect on millions of people, it becomes 20 times bigger and that's where you get the hits and they're timeless. There's a thing that resonates in your soul which is why back in black is still as cool 40 years later, or, you know, there's, it's, it's not a coincidence. There's a thought process behind it and it's extremely hard and deep and cool, but there's, there's, there's a beautiful craftsmanship that, that I've, I've sort of started to understand after 10 years. And, and it's, it's like, once you get into that world, you, you can never go out of it and it's, it's just yeah. amazing. So well,
2: it's funny you talk about you know frequencies and all this stuff. I mean, I I was talking to Corey Churko, and he was talking about mixing the up record with Mike Shipley and he was like, you know, we were going in on the vocal track and automating every single syllable in order for the snare to not be. Like, yeah, ducked in the right spot, or for it to be muddied up by the vocal, or this guitar, probably everything was sitting in its pocket within the mix. And he's like, it was taking so long that we ended up having to bring Nigel Green into a second studio just to automate do the vocal automation. Well, Mike and I were sitting in the main studio doing the the mix for the whole track. But he was talking about how just so scientific the entire. Our arrangements of the songs are you know like every single piece and every single element has its pocket in the mix where it sits in and once it's all put together it's so well chosen every single part that they just fall into place and there's really not much work to do except to make them sit there
1: no and it's exactly what you're saying because there's, there's actually a, a, a physical chart like if, if there's a c minor chord on a guitar, you're supposed to have these frequencies, but not these. But if it's a key- keyboard on it, you're supposed to have these frequencies. But the snare needs to be here. But the bass drum needs to have this, but not that. And when you start putting all of these extremely complicated frequencies and everything on every single chord, and you automate the EQ on everything, the coolest part of about it is every single note on the albums he's doing makes perfect sense. Stands out super clear, works with everything else. No matter what system you're listening to, it sounds perfect. And that's the key. So, Mutt said to me a couple of years ago, he said, It's really not hard to do albums like the way I've done. It just takes a really, really long time. And most people don't have the money or the patience to do that. Yeah. Because that's why his albums took one, two, three, or four years. It's just that what it takes. And and there's an interview on YouTube with Mike Shipley where he, they're asking him to, to, to talk about Mutt, you know. He says, well, we were mixing this album. I think it was Def Leppard or something. And he goes, Mutt calls me up and said, well, pack your bag. You know, we're going to go mix this in New York. And he goes, cool, how long do you think? Uh, probably like eight weeks and he goes 12 months later i called my wife and said we're we're almost done <laughs> <laughs> so that's usually what it is there's it just takes whatever time it takes to do it and it's yeah. not done until it's done you know and,
2: and it's so funny like that interview with mike shipley was that with dave pensato on pensato i place? think that's
1: the one with dave yeah
2: yeah it's so funny watching other like kind of like average joe engineers like talk to somebody like mike and they get to know stuff about Mutt. It, like, it blows their mind because they're like, oh, well, you know, I can't... Oh, no, I try and work as fast as possible. The first mix is always the best one. And, you know, you, it, it's usually the less is more kind of thing. But it's like, no, like, you know, those are the, those are the forgettable records. And then when you listen yeah. to a Mutt record, there's a reason why they've done what they do. And, oh, yeah. I mean, the product at the end of the day speaks for itself.
1: It, it does. I mean, the success is what it is on every album almost. I mean, Mutt's done a lot of work that that that's not gigantic successes. I mean, the list of stuff we did is is enormous, but he also did a lot of stuff that most people don't know, like Billy Ocean, you know, get out of my car, get into my dreams, stuff like that.
0: Supercharger.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff that he did that most people aren't aren't aware of, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a process to everything he he does. And and I, I asked him, I said, you know, because he started talking about retiring and stuff. I said, are you, retiring because you don't want to do music anymore or because the music industry isn't really interested in the kind of beautiful work you do. He goes, yeah, more of that. Like it's, it's not worth spending three years on something that nobody's really gonna, it makes it boring. But I think the reason why he works with me when I ask him and he doesn't work on everything that I send him, but he's done a lot of work with me. And I think it is because the friendship for sure but he's friends with a lot of great people that he turns down but it, he likes what i do and i make i make it very easy for him to go in and do the stuff he thinks is fun mm-hmm. and there's no long boring labor stuff that he he can go in and have fun for a day or two and just do that and yeah. and, and i'll take care of the rest and it and it and he knows it's going to be fine and also i work with ulle who usually mixes in his studio on the stuff we do so I think that's why, you know, you know, and hopefully, you know, he's what, 74 years old, hopefully we'll do a a few more songs on the next one or whatever, you know. I never expect us to do anything more. He's just a super dear friend and I have the biggest respect in the world for everything about him: His privacy, his talents, his his crazy sense of humor. We have a lot of fun and, and just one of the most genius persons I've known in my life, for you're sure. Just,
2: you're just good friends, and at the end of the day, that's kind of all you
1: need.
0: right? Ikea a- shopping friends.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's my Ikea buddy. That's what it is. It
0: really is. It really is. And thank you for giving me his number. I'll text him later.
1: Yeah. And he knows <laughs> a lot about Ikea, so don't forget it when you talk
0: to him. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I'll be like, hey, uh, I need advice. Should I get the Paxton wardrobe set, or should I do the... Uh... <laughs> he, he will tell you.
0: <laughs> um, and he'll be right.
1: Yeah. And he'll be right, of course.
2: <laughs> Most likely. Well, yeah. listen, you got you. So, Mutt's on two songs on this record. You got all kinds of other people. I mean, this is just basically turned into the Mutt Lang uh, Love Club today. Uh, but, uh, Radioactive 30 coming out. Uh, you can pre order it now wherever you get your music. Are you going to get some CDs, vinyl versions of this, or is it just going to be the digital, the streams?
1: CDs for sure, right now. Um, Frontiers also re released my first four albums on all digital platforms and awesome they none of them have ever been released on vinyl before and so i definitely want to get into doing like the series of all of them on vinyl yeah do um, a box set or something like it'd be cool that's what i've been thinking about like doing a box set i actually have i've been working on it for years and it's getting to the point where it's almost done i've done a two-hour documentary because i filmed 45 minutes in 91 with toto in the studio wow and i have all of these people i work with and i interviewed a lot of them and like fergie Ferguson and jimmy jameson people who aren't here and of course jeff mike Picora. there's so many people who passed away mm-hmm. and i have all of these private material and i'm in the studio i'm at michael Lando's home or in michael thompson's studio and we're goofing around again stuff that nobody's seen so I would like to do like one box of the five vinyls and maybe a a Blu-ray, whatever, and and a small book. So hopefully, hopefully we can do something like that.
2: Oh, that'd be awesome to see all that footage. I mean, man.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, hire Jeremy to edit it. He'll he'll do it for you.
1: <laughs> I'll pick all the good stuff.
0: <laughs> he yeah, pick all
2: I'll the good stuff.
1: Send you to 40-50 hours and you have fun with it. Don't worry
2: about yeah. it. Yeah. Perfect. Real quick, real quick, uh just talk about your gear for a second. I mean on this record, what what's uh what's the guitar chain like? Are you going vintage with a H3000 harmonizer and uh 100 watt heads or are you going
1: fractal? <laughs> I've been I've been a camper dude since day 1. I Kemper. I saw it at a Frankfurt show or a NAMM show, the first year it came out, I think I bought mine like two months after it was released. It's basically been all I use since then. With the Kemper, you get everything. It's not a problem, but you have to find those perfect profiles. What I yeah. used to have, I used to have a huge branch rack with the Kemper, but as oh. the plugins started becoming amazing, I went, the, the even Thai stuff is better in plugins. So and I don't get the noisy cables, so I sold that. Or oh, wait a minute—they have the Lexicons, they have the T seven truck, they have all of it. So I basically used the Kemper as dry amps, really good sounding dry amps. Go go straight into my my studio, and I use the plugins. The perfect thing about plugins is that you can change them afterwards, which yeah. I used to print with all my effects and. Oh. You know, I was so I was, I was the, yeah, exactly. I mean, the sound you committed to was the one you had. And you can never go back or you can never change it for good and bad. But this is a, a great setup. So for this one, I, I've been guilty as most 80s type of session players. I've been guilty of, of way too many effects on everything that I do because it's fun. So I decided... Yeah,
2: I love effects. I mean,
1: what's... what's Hello. Listen, If
2: you got a, a Vox AC30, sounds like an AC30. Unless you have a little bit of fun with it, then it could sound cool.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about the Michael Lando and yeah. all of these Bradshaw. Right? I love that Dangly sound. Gangly
2: Dan Huff clean tones, man. That's... Oh,
1: exactly. All of that stuff. And, and I do it almost on a daily basis for sessions and some of my work. But I decided for this one that I wanted to do. I wanted to do a mix of Def Leppard's High and Dry with some ACDC twists and a little giant. That's sort yeah. of my key element. And a little Eddie, the last song on the album is a tribute song. I wrote and I recorded with Cliff Magnus and it's, it's a pure Van Halen song. I used to Van Halen guitar. It's on the side with the reverb and, and it's, it's done. And there's even the picture of me and Eddie in, inside of the booklet with a short story like this. This is a beautiful thank you for everything. Eddie it's written with love in the style of van halen so it's it's very obvious why it's done that way so but i mean that that was basically the thing so i dialed back distortion and effects a lot on this album compared to what i usually do also, to sort of kind of stand out from most of the melodic rock albums that sort of sound almost the same all the time. Well, today.
2: look, everybody uses the same guitar, everybody uses the same drum plugins. It's it's all the same wannabe sounding like Zeppelin these days. It's like, come on, give me some nice processed guitar again. I need that melodic hard rock in my life. Cannonball oh, snare, yeah. let's get some of that again.
1: <laughs> I have all of that. And and yeah, it's definitely in there. And and there's a lot of Mutlang samples. I even on on a on a few albums I produced in the last couple of years, I used the Mutt Lang, Mike Shipley drums that he gave me, and uh, and do I have you have, have the toms
2: the, from the Up album. They're
1: oh. they're actually they're actually on the Radioactive album.
2: Oh man, I'm gonna have to listen to it in its entirety and try and Mitch. But for the record, the the drum sound on Up is my favorite drum sound of all time. Those toms are just magical.
1: 69. yeah I have all of those sounds so I did and and I haven't told anyone about this because but, but I'm not working with that label anymore so I don't care nice. but uh, there there's like two or three albums I did for some pretty cool singers uh, famous rock singers where I did the programming but it's actually credited to a drummer oh yeah. and, and, and the drummer's name is Michael Lang which is Michael Shipley and, and Mutt Lang right <laughs> so pretty- I so I, I I took I took a photo of the album when I got it and I sent it to Mata. Said, just so you know, this is you and Michael, and and he loved it. People thought it was funny. So
2: that's funny, Mitch. It's funny he says that because that's what I was gonna plan on doing on my record. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's those samples, it was, man. It. That you you can't do yeah. that sound. But anyway, I think Jay Graydon was one of the first guys when he did the Al albums. He put he used like Oberheim and Lynn drums, but he put fake drummer names. Like, and and it was kind of obvious what it did, but it, that's where it started, and, and many many years ago. So, you know, there are a couple of albums where I used drum machines, but I put a fake name on it. Yeah, so
2: Michael Lang or a huge uh, shtick, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's <laughs> one one guy, one of my favorites. I used actually on maybe twenty <laughs> albums is Pat Thurn, which is pattern, and you know, use you, you use pattern in your computer. Yeah. So I I wrote Pat. With a TH, third. And right. the guy's got his own fan page on Facebook. And like, Pat you know, like <laughs> Yeah. The guy, the guy did so many albums. And I even had some emails. How can I get in touch with Pat about playing on my album? I'm like, I'll try to track him down for you. <laughs> I'll try and connect you guys. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> That's hilarious. It's, oh, yes,
0: man. It's perfect. And you can use our names if you want. You just put our names there. We're, we're good yeah. with that. Yeah. We're, we're lending happen. you our names.
1: Yeah. It depends on if you want it to be Jeremy Lafon or, or if it's supposed yeah, to
0: be... Yeah, Jeremy Lafon and Mitch White. Yeah,
1: Mitch <laughs> White works, you know. Yeah.
0: Or Jeremitch. <laughs> It'll we'll just be like one name, like Madonna. Yeah,
1: Jermich. Jermitch. Oh, It might happen, so don't... You know, remember remember that we talked about it. Uh, yeah, oh,
0: That'll be great, yeah.
1: Well... <laughs> 30
2: radioactive coming out on March 11th. You can pre-order it now. We're going to get the CDs. Hopefully we'll get this big box set with all the back catalog and uh, the cool uh, videos and stuff. Um, <laughs> wow. You've said it all. This is absolutely fantastic. Chad today, Tommy, it was so great to meet you.
1: No, so great to meet you. Thanks for all the great work. Both of you do. And, and, uh, you know, yeah, keep heart. rocking. And next time, yeah, you see exactly. Mudd,
2: next time you see Mod, <laughs> ask him what he used to get the guitar <laughs> tone on. She's not just a pretty face that main lead lick the that is my I think it's my favorite guitar tone of all time
1: I wonder if that one because most of it is is Michael Thompson he did most of, of yeah yeah and they flew him over and he was there and, and did it and he I've been trying
2: to get an interview with Michael Thompson to talk about those sessions and I can't track him down but we'll we'll get to that at some point
1: No. Yeah. And he's usually, he loves talking about it. For some reason in the last year, he's sort of gone off grid a bit. And I don't know for what reason he used to be kind of easy to reach out to, but you know, yeah, but for sure. But I've actually talked about you too much because you interviewed Brian. About me? Yeah. Because Brian and you asked a couple of really cool questions that I hadn't never heard about. Um, about the fact when they did the back end vocals, and there's like 48 tracks, and then, yeah, but now let's do the other side. So <laughs> do I, the right I, channel, yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly a great story. I, yeah, and I, I called Mutt the day after for some other reason. I said, oh, by the way, I saw this interview and I, I talked about your interview, and he says, Well, yeah, it sounds about right. So, you know, he sort of confirmed the whole thing.
0: Wow, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, Mitch, but
2: Muttline it, knows true. of me. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
1: But the coolest thing that mutt's ever done and we're talking about balls of steel is what brian said i'm not sure about this verse and mutt deletes the analog tape yeah like punches in punches up. and and to do that <laughs> if you know what we're doing in the studio it's like
2: just left oh. the drums like <laughs>
1: that that's like okay but it was Gable. funny
2: brian's reaction to that because i was like well what it was just gone he's like that's gone i'm like do you remember what the melody was no idea. I just know that it wasn't good enough, so we deleted it and started from scratch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's well that's...
0: There... He's not thinking of box sets and, and deluxe editions. He's gotta really save this stuff. <laughs> it's very, important. Yeah. It's very
1: yeah, important. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, there, <laughs> there's there, there's a thing he always says, and and I should actually put it on my door to the studio. There's no detail small enough to not give the full attention to. Right. Mm. And that's the that's the Perfect. thing. When I when I work on albums now, even, even the scratch on a pick into a little thing, just a little thing, even that thing means something in this world, like when, when you really dissect it. And, 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 it, and, it's, and it's like, again, the, the very, very first question I ever asked, Mutt, ever, in that lunch situation was, every time I hear an album you, you produce, especially Bryan Adams and, and ACDC and these band things, it sounds like you rehearsed the band for two months to perfection and then recorded it like, because it really sounds like a band. It sounds like live right. off the floor. Yeah. And, and he said, well, that's always been the goal, it's, but it's not the way we did it. Except he said for ACDC, because that's, he says, when you listen to those three albums, All we did was get the sound right and hit record, and I was a fly on the wall. That's how they play in the studio. He said, but it's the only band I ever worked with where they actually played that good in the studio. But normally, the goal was to make it sound like a band is playing, but with that perfection, which is a lot harder. So it's... Yeah, I
2: mean, growing up, listening to that Up record, I mean, I thought for the longest time, you know, that was a real drummer until I really got into learning about recording and researching mod and, you know, reading interviews with the musicians. And it was like, wow, OK, so that's OK. Now that I think about it, the hi-hat keeps playing while the toms are doing a fill. You can't do that unless that, you know, you, know, so yeah. you pick out little things and
0: yep. yeah. The best thing about a drum machine? No drum solos. <laughs> Terrific.
1: <laughs> and, yeah. and, and no, uh, no attitude. <laughs> And no stupidity, which is usually yes. the thing about. However,
0: drama. you have nobody to put away your gear after the show. So there you go. A little yeah, give well, and take, a little give and take.
2: Someone's got to oh, drag everything true. down the stairs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: That's why they sit at the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man.
2: Oh. Well, listen, radioactive 30. Make sure you go pick this up. And I heard a couple of songs. I didn't want to listen to the entire thing. I want to get the CD and put it in my car and go for a drive and listen to it properly. So I'm I'm excited to hear the Van Halen homage. Um, you know, so is Mutt just doing backing vocals on the two tracks? And then you got Tommy, I mean, you, you we didn't even talk about Andreas Carlson here. I mean, I want it that way. One of my greatest one of my yeah. favorite songs of all time. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. So Mutt is just doing the backing vocals on
1: the two or? He's doing um he's doing one one more, I think, besides those. And there's a little there are a couple of, hey, typical Mutt sounds okay. in there. You know, yeah. Small stuff, but basically they're those. And Andreas is, is, is a childhood friend, one of my dearest friends. Um, again, he called me up and it's like, well, I need a guitar for something that might become a Katy Perry song. And I'm like, don't pay me, but come over tomorrow and do back and on Radioactive on a song with, you know, with Mutt. And he goes, great, you know? So, yeah. so he, he, you know, and it's kind of funny because when he was 14 years old, living in this little town where I live, I was 19. I was his biggest idol in the world. So, and I had no idea. Because what? when I was when I was a teenager, I was playing here in my town. There were always these little kids running after me. Like they were always there. And he was one of them. And I I never knew. And then we were friends for years. And 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 he be, became the whole thing with Max Martin and Sharon. And I was at his apartment one time at the peak of everything. And, and he opens this 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 thing with a lot of photos. Well, here we are with Backstreet Boys, and this is Celine Dion. And I get to the next page. And there's a lot of old pictures of me from like the mid early 80s or something. I'm like, this is like candid camera. And I'm like, nobody knows who I am. <laughs> so they wouldn't do that on me. And, then, and he tells me the stories like, no, you were my first island, blah, blah. blah. So we go way, way back. And he's wow. again, one of the most brilliant people ever.
2: But you know what? That's the thing. You never know who you, who's going to become somebody someday. That's why you just be nice to everybody. That's what I've learned. <laughs>
1: be nice to everyone i max martin used to work in a record store in the heart of stockholm i saw him every week all the time we played in the top 40 band before he became max martin so wow. it, it's kids around here that we grew up together the guys in europe it's the scene were, 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 yeah i mean europe you know inguin mams and all of these people were growing up around me so my first band that i got signed to we were playing a festival in the north side of Stockholm, where Europe and Ingwe comes from. And our singer comes to me and said, I just need to prepare you that there's going to be one guy playing this show that might freak you out, might make you feel bad. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, "Well, you're really good for your age, but there's going to be one guy that probably is going to freak you out. And I go, okay. And that was Ingwe before he moved to to the States. And I wanted to kill myself and never play guitar again, because that's how how amazing he was. So. you know so yeah it it's like i remind myself all the time that i wasn't born in LA around all of these people i come from a small small town north of stockholm yeah. and i climbed all the way to everything that i've done and it's 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 wow. like
0: yeah
1: amazing journey
0: and here you are at the top of the mountain talking to us perfect
1: yeah. and you go to ikea with Mont Lang. i mean yeah. Yeah. what do you want so, to, to awesome montlang this is the peak of Mount Derby. Tomorrow I'm going to retire. So I'm
2: done. <laughs> well, Mitch, look, I'm I'm just from a small native reservation called Gahnawaga, and right. I interview all the rock stars, and Mutt Lang knows who I am. So, I mean...
0: Let's uh... retire Malm- together. It can happen. It and can Yngwie
2: happen. And Yngwie almost killed me
0: at his concert that time, so we got that in common. <laughs> he, he did hit my... I have two ingve two, uh, uh, stories. Uh, first, oh. uh, I was uh, at the Roseland Ballroom in New York doing the photographer thing, and it was back in the day when you had a pop-up flash, so if you hit a button, the flash would pop up. Anyway, we're in the pit, and we're moving around, and the flash had popped up. I didn't turn, and it flashed. And he smacked it, and he goes, No, flash.
1: <laughs> and
0: I'm like, you're playing a fucking show. He goes, No,
2: flash.
1: <laughs> there's, never, there's never been a single person in the history of rock music with more passion, funny, weird, freaky stories ever. And I know a lot of the people that played with him for years and I've heard more stories than I can remember in my life. I'm even in a couple of books about my experiences. <laughs> with We actually plays on the third Radioactive album. So we, we oh, used wow. to hang out for a while. And Nice. Genius and brilliant and everything, but Not really the maybe the sharpest tool in anyway.
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'll I'll tell you my Ingve story. I was I was at a show in Montreal on the floor. I was in like the second row, and it was like maybe like the fourth song in the set. And he's throwing all kinds of guitar picks out. He's throwing up in the air. He's kicking him and everything. So he threw one pick up and he kicked it, and all of a sudden I started choking. I'm like (laughs) I'm like what the fuck? And I I cough up, and a guitar pick fell out of my mouth into my hand. It was lodged in the back of my throat. I coughed it up. I almost, I almost choked on Ingvar Munstvæus' guitar pick, and I still have it. That, that's a good I, way to go,
0: actually. The
1: that's, first I, thing, the first thing he ever said to me after he saw me play in a club in Stockholm with Marcel Jacob, who used to play with him on bass, he he, he really liked it. But I had my Brad Chirac and I was really playing that LA style of thing. Yeah. But he liked what I did, so he came up after the show, and he was really drunk. And he had nothing better to say, but he, so he puts his finger really hard into my chest. Like it's hurting bad. And he goes, I, I, I threw out 200 picks per show. And he walked away. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Oh, that's <"Great."> awesome. <laughs> like, you know, and, and he came back and we walked into the dressing room. I had a ballet arts guitar with a Floyd Rose. And so he looks at the guitar and goes, fucking humbucker. Fucking f- fuck man get it you know and, and he get goes into the whole thing about strats and this and he grabs my guitar like really hard and he goes <laughs> you know ah, fucking piece of shit and I'm like this is super cool it's fucking <laughs> him I still doing this so it's like yeah you know he's a, a maniac but brilliant yeah. truly brilliant you know Rick Nielsen got
2: nothing on me I throw out 200 picks a show <laughs> he's like the pick Nazi <laughs> yeah <laughs> Big Nazi exactly
0: him and uh, him and rick nielsen a cheap trick have contest. it's
1: great
2: oh yeah man that's great well listen uh tommy this is this was great we, we were supposed to wrap maybe like 20 minutes in but here we are an hour later and uh this is the greatest interview we've done this year i think
1: well love you guys fantastic fun and and very honored to be on it and and uh I'm sure we're gonna do this nutty thing again soon. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. darn
0: right. We we haven't done the uh, Oleg or Olaf or whatever <laughs> the the assistant. I forget the name all of a sudden. Yeah,
1: Oleg, exactly. Oleg, yeah. Oleg, yeah. Yep. Oleg. I'm, I'm gonna work him a bit because he's like Mutt. He really likes to be outside of all of this. But we'll see if we can get Oleg to do one. Yeah, if if we not, we'll it, just it.
0: talk. You and I will just talk about him for an hour. That's good. We can do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll I'll <laughs> call a- him tomorrow and see if we can. And
2: that's the Grease thing about the these wheel. interviews. They're not, you know, like prying, looking for deep, dark secrets. I mean, it's just really genuine, interesting conversation, talking about the music and, you know, what it's like in the studio. And, you know, I mean, it's not one of those gossip interviews kind of thing, which is no, kind of what we try I, and avoid if you, you know, you've listened to the show before. It's like, we, we're we not yeah. about that.
1: No, and, and that's what I love about it as well. It, it's, it's being the, the proud geeks about the details about this, about the small yeah. stuff, you know. And I mean, Mutt is the most private person I've known in my life, and I have the the deepest respect in the world for the fact that he wants to stay private. So I would never ever talk about the private side of him. But yeah, in in the general terms, what we do and what how he's affected me and how brilliant it is that's part of. It's sort of what everyone knows, but it's kind of cool to talk about some of the details. And it's that also maybe not like, everyone
2: knows. I always describe us as like look at the end of the day, Mitch and I are fans no matter what but we're not dangerous fans where we're like oh what kind of salad dressing does Mott lang like and i'm only going to eat that salad dressing because that's the one Mott likes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no. dangerous fans and then there's fans that are just genuinely fans of the person and the music and you know it's uh yeah. like my top I'll, 40 I'll... interviews mitch what kind of candy do you like
1: yeah, but I'll I'll send you the salad dressing after the interviews. So Perfect, so yeah. Send
2: me the salad dressing, the drum samples, and all the demos, and we'll be square.
0: <laughs> and, and the Allen key from the Ikea shopping.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It will be one gooey folder coming in your snail mail, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Perfect.
0: I'm all for it.
2: All right, Tommy, well, we'll keep in touch. This is great. We'll absolutely do this again. This was an absolute
1: pleasure. It was so great to meet you. Very, very nice to meet you. Thanks, guys, and talk to you soon.
0: An all new episode of The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. Tuesday at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews, bonus content, and episodes on demand now. Visit youtube.com slash Jeremy White Show. Follow Mitch and Jeremy on Twitter. Yeah, they're verified. At Mitch LaFon and at Jeremy White MTL.